0: Man, uh, as we've been working our way through chapter 8, I like chapter 8 so much, I don't know if we're going to get out of it this year or not, but, (laughs) you know, we began the journey looking at the condemnation of men, right? Okay, we are guilty of not loving that which is truly the most lovable thing in the world, of not honoring that which is most honorable, not valuing what's most valuable, In fact, the Scripture tells in John chapter 3 that our issue is that that we love the darkness rather than the light. That that's the condemnation that has come upon man. But I love those two words, but God. But that's not where God left us. We read about it in John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God reached across distances we can't even begin to imagine. We can't even begin to fathom what it is to be holy and pure and just and righteous and be born a man and live here with us. But that but that's what God did. That he provided for us a miracle called the miracle of justification. In the miracle of justification, God himself, through Jesus Christ, covers us with his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, For he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become what? Righteousness. The righteousness of God. That we might be justified. That he would prepare the way so that we would be able to have a relationship with God. And how is it done? By something we do? No, we receive it by faith. We are justified by faith, not by works. So He covers us. Jesus covers me. And He covers the gap between who I am in Christ and Himself. It's a big gap. He covers it with His righteousness that I might have a relationship with God. And as we continued through Romans, we came to the idea of sanctification, which is an act of God. Not of us. It's an act of God by which when we come to Jesus Christ by faith and we're united to Him, He moves in. You want to know how you're made holy? (laughs) Your body is the temple of God. The Holy Spirit resides within you. What once upon a time was a set of external commands... To try to lead us toward a perfect performance has now become internalized. His Holy Spirit in us changing my desires, my walk, my manners. He's made me a new man, a new creation created in Christ Jesus, right? That's an act of God. And in chapter 6 we talked about how that is, how that looks in our relationship to sin. Chapter 6, sin is the most common word in chapter 6. Sin, 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 sin. What should we do? Should we continue to sin that grace would abound? Certainly not. How can we who have died to it live any longer in it? The idea that we're a new creation created in Christ Jesus, we turn away from that. We no longer can dwell in the midst of that and be satisfied with a the life there. Chapter 7 tells us about our relationship with the law. The things that I know I ought to do, these are the things I don't do. Who will save me, O oh, wretched man, from the body of this death? I thank my God through Jesus Christ my Lord. That there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And chapter 8 began telling us, what does it look like then? If my relationship to the law is, I'm dead to the law and I'm alive to Christ. If my relationship to sin is, I'm dead to sin and I'm alive to Christ. How do I accomplish that? That's chapter 8. Because the key word in chapter 8 is the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. Everywhere we, we look, he's, he's discussing to us, He's talking to us about, about the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit wants to do. And as we come to this section in chapter 8, He's speaking, I think, specifically about issues of security. Or let me put it this way, the assurance of salvation. You ever pondered or wondered or, or struggled with the idea of assurance? Like, am I really His? And, and what, how can I know? How can I know that I am really His? Well, these four verses that we're going to look at this morning, the four verses that we're going to dive into, there are two hints just here. Two things specifically that He tells us that you can know that the Holy Spirit is in you, and thus... You belong to Him. The key here is that we understand, that we come to realize, that we come to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're born again. See, born again is not some archaic term. It's the reality of where we are. If we are born again in Christ, we are justified, we are sanctified, we are glorified, and we can be assured, secure in our salvation. As you sit there in in Romans chapter 8, just flip over to John chapter 3 real quick, and let's take a look at some of the things that Jesus said in regard to this very thing that we're going to be discussing this morning. In John chapter 3, we'll pick it up about verse 3. Jesus is meeting with Nick at night. Nicodemus, Nicodemus says, see, now you'll remember that all the time, won't you? Nicodemus had come to him. He's come to him with some questions. Jesus is meeting with him. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's to be born of the flesh, And born of the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit. Is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But cannot tell where it comes from. (coughs) Excuse me. And where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. To be born again. To receive the Holy Spirit inside of us. The the guarantee of our sanctification, that we've been made holy by His presence living inside of us. That He's continuing a work that, that leads me toward holiness as He lives inside of me. That I've come to that place by faith. That I believe That I let go. Remember the cliff? We let go of the cliff and we grab the hold of Jesus' hand with both hands. We're all in. We're all in with Him. Now look back at Romans chapter 8. You remember last time when we talked about Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Look what the scripture tells us there. In Romans 8 9 it says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Jesus said, I tell you, you must be born again. And when we are born again, that part of us which has been dead since the fall of man is made alive through His Spirit living within us. That's the guarantee. That's the assurance of our salvation. But here's the reality. You and I have all lived in this. That is, I can't see it, touch it, taste it, feel it. How do I know? And a lot of people try to come together and give us <clears throat> ways that we can know that the Holy Spirit's within us. We can know by the fruit of the Spirit coming out of our life. The fruit of the Spirit being love. We can know by the gifts of the Spirit manifesting themselves in our life. We can know, but we don't have to go that way. We can just look practically here in Romans chapter 8 and say, Paul, what are you telling us? How are you telling us that we can recognize... That the Holy Spirit is in me. Because that's everything. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not His. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are secure. Well, let's take a look. In verse 13, where we began this morning, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Living according to the flesh brings death. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And you remember last time we talked about this. We discussed what the deeds of the body were and, and, and how they brought life. And we discussed what the scripture is talking about. Because it says that by the Spirit, we must put to death the deeds of the body, right? That, that want to lead us into the flesh. <laughs> so there were three things we talked about specifically. One of those was being this. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. We set our mind on the things of the Spirit. Romans told us about that. That we direct our mind, our heart, our spiritual focus to the things of the Spirit. Now how do we do that? By setting our mind on the words of God and the reality that they stand for. That we declare there's no longer a famine for the Word of God in our life. That there is a feast for the Word of God. We set our mind on the Spirit by setting our eyes... On the things of the Spirit. God's Word in my life. I set my eyes to His Word. And the last thing I do is I receive them by the hearing of faith, not by works of the law. That means I believe God's Word more than I believe my circumstances. That I hold on to His promise, no matter what it looks like, and I say, this is true, and everything else is a lie. Because it is. The declaration of verse 13 is a declaration of war against... Please listen to this. Word is important. My sin. It's not a declaration of war by which we go out and worry about others' sin. We got a full plate just dealing with our own, don't we? So the point here is... That I declare war against my sin. My sin. Verse 13 has, has laid out for us this concept. Walking by the Spirit. How that looks. Setting my mind on the things of the Spirit. Focusing in God's Word. Believing His promises by faith. Receiving what He gives. And that is how I put to death the deeds of the body. Or my sin. Mine. Now look at what He tells us in verse Fourteen, because it's so huge. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now look, if we had just pulled that verse out of context, and I said to you, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit of God? We might have a lot of different answers, right? I was led by the Spirit of God to move to Buell. I felt God calling me to pastor Calvary Chapel in Buell. I... I I was led by the Spirit of God to marry my wife. Those are all forms of being led by the Spirit of God. And, And that may be true, but that's in context. That's not what he's talking about here. See, in verse 13 he said, Those who put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, they will live for or because as many as are led In this way, to put to death the deeds of the body are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Assurance number one. If you hate your sin, if you declare war, Against your sin. You're not making peace with your sin. You're not satisfied in your sin. You're not going to wallow in your sin. You've declared war. It doesn't mean you always are victorious. But it does mean that there is always that declaration of war. That the enemy knows. I'm not going to make peace with this sin. I'm being led by the Spirit of God. That's evidence that the Spirit of God is in me. When we declare war everyone led by the spirit of god in this way it's the evidence it's the evidence that the holy spirit is with me you notice i there's lots of other evidence i'm just talking about romans eight and i love it because it's so simple You see, that's why it's such a big deal if I'm sitting in the middle of the feedlot on top of the big pile in the middle and I think I'm king of the world because I'm on all this junk, all this garbage, I'm in all this sin and I'm satisfied to be there. This scripture would say you're not being led by the Spirit because if you're led by the Spirit, you'd be making war against that sin, not sitting in it. Amen. You make war. And that declaration of war is evidence that God is in me. That I'm justified. That I'm sanctified. That I'm looking forward to being glorified and experiencing some of that now. And I can be secure in my salvation because it is wrought for me by the finished work of Jesus Christ. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, led in this way, I'm a chip off the old block I'm led by His Spirit His Spirit moving and working in me I'm led by Him I love what He loves I hate what He hates my heart breaks